Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. I was just leaning back in my chair, and we were just talking about food and stuff like that. And, you know, just trying to relax because it's a weird day, this weird weather. It makes Java. It makes me feel when you walk out in December and your glasses fog up. Yeah, it was crazy this morning because when I was taking the kids to daycare, nobody had jackets on. No, and I got no shorts. I've been walking in shorts. And this is a couple of days of like we have a little countdown uh, uh, plate for Christmas. Uh-huh. Fifteen days before Christmas, and nobody has any jackets on. <laughs> and it was a good thing it's warm today because it looked like you got a haircut. You could have used a hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it is going to be extremely warm for December. That's okay. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I was when I was walking in. I, I, a matter of fact, I got a bunch of camellia flowers. They red, whites, and pinks, and all. And snipping them from the. Na- it's no telling what the neighbors think. Yeah, <laughs> and but you have your little Santa Claus hat on today, so well, oh no. actually, it's a naughty elf hat. Oh, okay. I, you know, I have to be you know <laughs> upfront about that. Everybody says Santa Claus. Nope, ain't but one of those. But there's lots of naughty elves running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, anyway, I spent yesterday planting some stuff in the yard, uh, you know, getting getting ready for, for spring, ready for winter and spring, pansies and, and uh, some snapdragons and little violas, little purple and yellow Johnny, Johnny jump ups and stuck some bulbs in, you know, and I took my leaf blower because it's supposed to rain and I, you know, got everything nice. So it's ready for winter, ready okay. for winter. And um, I also went out, looked at my lettuces. I've, I've eaten more lettuce. I mean, I feel like I'm growing Bugs Bunny teeth. Because it's coming from your yard, though, It's right? coming from my yeah. yard, yeah. And I, you know, I mix different because I've got reds and yellows and, I mean, gr- pale greens and all different kinds, and I mix them together. But, you know, and it's pretty. A lot of people don't realize that lettuce, when you mix two or three different kinds together and plant them in a, a pot or two or three pots, it's pretty. Yeah. And you can eat it when you're tired of looking at it. Now, I know I did want to ask you because of today is supposed to be, you know, unusually warm. Is this like a shock to the system for some of the plants or is it not going to be hot it's, long enough? It's really hard to say. You know, from a technical point of view, uh, this thing, uh, <clears throat> when plants go dormant, the day, <clears throat> excuse me, the days get shorter. The nights, you know, get cooler, and plants, they, they tell time that way. It's shorter hours, this uh, infrared light type thing. And they, they, they harden off, they get ready for cold weather, and it's a gradual process. But it may take them a month to get ready for winter, but two or three days of this kind of weather, it pops them back out again. Yeah. And so it can confuse plants. But and it confu- confuses gardeners. But uh, anyway, hey, folks, if you want to give us a call, we are live today here at MPB, me and Java, and Kevin Farrell is our phone greeter today. And we're going to be uh, just talking about gardening. And if there's something on your mind, we got the phone lines wide open. I promise I won't try to sell you anything or talk you into anything. And you know, I'll just listen, give you a second or third or fourth opinion. You could take it with a grain of salt, and we'll go from there. But I, I am a, I am a... And average gardener. So if you've got problems, <laughs> I've had them too. Doesn't matter how much you know, it's what you do that counts. Yeah. And I don't do that great because I'm average gardener. But I you, you uh, I, I dislike when you say that, Felder. Well, the, the reason I've got a lot of plants that look pretty good is because I chose plants that will do their own thing without intervention. You know, you look around. Older gardens, cemeteries, small towns, you see things that look really good with no water or anything. That's what I plant in my yard, a lot of native plants. So I choose plants that don't need me to fuss with them because if i got to fuss with them and prune them and spray them and fertilize them, 
it just ain't going to happen. Well, see, I guess from my point of view, the the movies and the TV have, have uh, given us a false view because every we I would think that Felder Rushing is in his garden every day. Well, I, I I am, but it's usually with a cup of coffee or a beer. Well, <laughs> <laughs> pruning. If, and if you, you can't do it with a drink in one hand, <laughs> then it ain't a hobby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, okay. But it is looking good right now. Uh, I, I planted a camellia uh, last year, and it's got buds on it, so we'll we'll see. You know, the camellia that we have, we have two, three kinds of camellias here in, in the Deep South. It's, it's probably been more, but one you don't see very often. It's the tea camellia, Camellia sinensis. All the tea in China is made from the leaves of Camellia sinensis. Looks like a, uh, it's got little small flowers about the size of a quarter, I guess. Usually white, sometimes pink. Uh, blooms in the fall like Sasanqua, but uh, it's it's what we make tea from. Um, the other one that we have that's blooming right now is Camellia uh, Sasanqua. A lot of people just call them Sasanquas. They have smaller leaves, generally smaller flowers. They bloom in the fall, late October, November, December. And that's the one that's predominant in bloom all over the South right now. And then we have Camellia japonica. Some of them are starting to bloom. I saw some at Eudora Welty's house yesterday. I was looking for some winter pictures. Uh-huh. And I see, you know, I was hoping they had some paper white daffodils blooming, but not yet. But uh, the Camellia japonicas have bigger leaves and bigger flowers, and they typically bloom December, mostly January, February, sometimes into March. So if you've got Camellia sasanqua and a Camellia japonica, you can have color from October, November, all the way into March, you know, with, with nothing else, see? And that's here in the South. They can't do that up North. So uh, anyway, um, I think what I do, I've got my MPB cup, my nasty cup, and uh, can we you do this the, for the... the, the uh, I uh, forget those berries. What I got it? berries from a plant called Nandina. Nandinas, there you go. You know, and uh, <laughs> I just like the berries. Some people say, yeah, you shouldn't plant it because it's going to spread in the woods. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, at Walmart spread into the woods, you know, nah, and, 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 and interstates and, and sub- suburbs and agriculture and all that. The woods have got plenty of problems more important than Nandinas. You but know? those are the, the berries we used to uh, yeah. throw at the girls we liked back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, if, uh, folks, you want to give us a call, it's toll-free one eight seven seven mpb ring and we're going to slide over to Jackson and talk with Gene. Hey, Gene, how are you this morning? Uh, good morning, good morning. Howdy. Happy holidays to everybody. Thank you. Uh, got a simple question. Very simple. We've got a lot of leaves all over the place. Yeah. Now, the question is, which leaves are best for the garden? I, I hear you put the leaves in and you, yeah. you till them maybe and till them up. Now, I got gum. I've got oak. i got sycamore. Yeah. Well, I would say of those, the sycamore are the worst because they're big, and you, it's going to take you as much time to rake them as do anything else just because they're so big. But No, as far as how they do, I just pile a bunch of leaves on my garden that a neighbor put in bags on her curb. You know, I go around when I walk in and I kick the bags, and if they feel like they got sticks, I move on. But if I And I look at their yard. If it's mostly oaks and sycamores and sweet gums and things like that, if it's got pine trees, I don't pick it up because— oh, no. Pine tree, pine is a good mulch, but it takes a long time to break down in the dirt. Right. Uh, magnolia trees, real slick and big, they take a long time. But other than uh, magnolias and pines, which is a physical thing, all of them do well. It, it really helps, Gene, if you could run the mower over them, uh, especially the sycamores, to sort of chop them up 
and that way they'll mix in better and they'll break down quicker. But all of them are about the same. Good, good, good. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, and and oh. you said it right. They're all about the same, and you said good, good, good. I'm saying, yeah, they are all good. Yeah. All right. That, that's my question. Thank oh, you. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to ask you, are, are you trying to get out of some work in the yard or what? Oh, no. <laughs> no. no it, it, well, let me say it like this. Some tree is in my neighbor's yard. Uh-huh. Okay. And as a matter of fact, it's across the street. And, I, and, and all of the, especially when I get this southern wind, they're going to blow into my yard. I've got somebody else's leaves. Oh. And I always get it's called outsourcing, right? And and that, those gum leaves, uh, I just put them in the trash because I've always heard that gum leaves are not good. They are perfectly so, fine. They are perfectly I've got fine. So many, I can make use of them. Yeah, oh, I don't feel so bad about raking them up. Yep, there are there as far as uh, in, in general, there is practically no difference. Once they all break down, you can't tell one from. It's like uh, it's like uh, uh, manures, you know, manures from cows or horses or chickens. By the time it breaks down in the dirt, plants don't care. Uh, that sounds wonderful. My pastor told me sycamore. He always wanted sycamores. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd use some sycamore. I use mostly oak, but. Yeah. This gum, this gum tree, is just about it. Whenever this storm comes through this week, <laughs> I think it'll it'll get rid of those gum. What, what about the gum balls? You got gum balls on that tree? Oh, yeah, it got those. Storms. Yeah. Uh, Not you know we we just you know they won't blow. They'll usually stay over on that side. With that, that's right. So he so you get the good bits. He keeps the bad. Right. Yeah. I don't know what your pastor will say about that, but we're okay. <laughs> hey, appreciate, right. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. You bet. Y'all be blessed. Uh, you know, I shouldn't drag talks out like that, but, you know, I just had to ask, you know, what's up? That was, but it was interesting, though, because a lot of his, I guess, plight was coming from yeah. another neighbor's yard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's slide up to Oxford and talk to Christian. How are you, ma'am? I'm good, thanks. Charlie. Good, good. What's up? I got one of these wax-dipped amaryllis bulbs, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm wondering, how does that work? Like, how does it grow without roots? And uh, it's, a, it's a horrible thing to do to a plant, but it sure is convenient for people who sell stuff like that. It's a terrible well, thing to do to a plant. Yeah, and I'm assuming I won't be able to stick it in the dirt unless I'm able to peel all the wax off. Yeah, it's got it's got to have leaves. It's got to have roots, you know, to to grow. And the the wax is it's a marketing thing. It's it's real convenient, you know, and they're pretty, you know, and they and they will bloom, but it wastes them, you know. They bloom normally. Amaryllis bloom in the springtime, you know, late winter and springtime, uh, and and uh, they, after they've already got roots and leaves. Well, these things have got their flower bud already formed. And basically, you know, it's going to bloom its heart out, literally bloom the inside of it out without being able to replenish it without roots. So if you want to keep it in the garden, what I would do, it'll bloom whether it's got the wax or not. So I'd peel the wax off, at least expose the roots, and just as soon as it gets through blooming, or even before, go ahead and put it in the pot and give it a little water. Okay, so after it blooms this year, try to peel the wax off and then... It in the dirt, get the well, if if you wanted to survive, I'd peel the wax off now, put it in a pot, you know. And in other words, the wax is is a, a marketing. Uh, it it helps preserve the bulbs until time to sell them. It's sort of like they put wax around rutabagas. And it's not just to keep them from smelling up the supermarket. Oh, 
It's to make them last longer. So anyway, if you want it to last, I'd go ahead and at least peel the bottom off and set it in a pot where the, at least the bottom of it is in some moist potting soil to help get some roots started. Okay. All right. Interesting. I hope it's not, not confusing, but anyway, the, the wax thing is, uh, is a terrible thing to do to a plant, but we do terrible things to plants. I would, a little compromise, if you peel the wax off just the bottom bit and set it in a pot, doesn't matter how, how how deep or how big, with a little bit of moist potting soil, it'll still look okay, and it'll have a chance to grow some roots. Okay. All right. Thanks, Elder. Okay. Good luck. Okay. Bye. Oh, we do weird stuff to plants. You know, I don't know if there's a Zen thing about plants and killing mosquitoes and roaches and stuff, but, <clears throat> you know, we we all draw our lines. Hey, let's slide down to Pike County. That's where my folks are from, down around Macomb. Hi, Glenda. Hey, Howdy. Um, I've got some bulbs in the refrigerator, daffodil and tulip, and I'm wondering if it's too late for me to do anything with them. No, I'd go ahead and get the daffodil. Okay, I'm going to back up a little bit. Only tulips need to be refrigerated. Only tulips. And I'm not, I'm not telling you this. I'm telling everybody else. Daffodils do not need refrigerated. Matter of fact, it makes them bloom on shorter stalks. But I go ahead and plant, put the daffodils out as soon as you can. They should already have leaves coming up by now. And you can keep the, the tulips in the fridge. You can plant them now or you can plant them uh, on, on Valentine's Day. Tulips are a one-shot okay. thing. And as long as they get five or six weeks of, of refrigeration, they're going to bloom no matter what. So uh, if you want okay. to plant plant the tulips now or later, that'd be fine. But I definitely get the daffodils out. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I can go ahead and get them in the ground then. That's what they like. I planted some. Okay. Uh, I dug up some daffodils by accident yesterday, working up a flower bed, and I just immediately replanted them, and they, <laughs> they're not going to miss a lick. Uh, okay, great. That's good to hear. Thank you. Okay, Glenda. Hey, let me ask you this: You still there? Yes. Do you know where Felder's Campground is? I do. That's my people. Yeah, that's a great place. Yep. Little, okay, well, Glenda, appreciate it. Happy holidays. All right, thank to you. All righty. You know, it's kind of weird because I guess where we just say normal stuff like happy holidays, you feel, you know, like I ought to say something else. <laughs> like waving American flag. There's so many different people want to say what patriotism is. I'm a veteran. My son's a veteran. My dad's a combat veteran. Flag means a lot to me. <clears throat> Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> Not else a good one. <laughs> we're going to take a real, real quick break, folks, and come back. And we're going to talk about gardening. Got the lines wide open, and you want to give us a call. Got some camellias here. I'm taking a picture of it by my MPB cup. And also, I'd really like to see if I can find. Oh, I lost my little card here. A fella from... DeSoto County sent me a, a cool little pickup truck. A Mike little, from Hernando. Mike from Hernando sent me a pickup truck with pumpkins and stuff in the back. I appreciate it. Woohoo! We're going to take a break, folks. Be back with the MPB right after this. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Got the lines wide open. And that's your chance to yak at somebody. You know, this weather's got the, the creeping crud in the gunk. <clears throat> yeah, it's everybody has a little something. My uh, daughter, you know, she was kind of sneezing and stuff. But I remember the, the, the weatherman was saying, 
with what 30 degrees on Monday mm-hmm. and then 80 degrees on Friday, somebody's going to be sick by now. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the other, other night I felt terrible. I, and I've had I've had my my booster shots, and matter of fact, I had a COVID test yesterday because I'm I'm, I'm going on a trip. You yeah. got to do that these days, and I'm fine. But the other night I ached. Like I've never ached in my life. I mean, from my toes to my ears, everything ached. And I had the <clears throat> coughing, and I just felt terrible. I'm thinking, I got COVID. I got COVID. What am I going to do? Well, if I feel this bad in the morning, I'm going to the hospital. I woke up the next morning feeling fine. Took a little one of those little home testing things. I was fine. And I went in and talked to the farmers. He said, Felder, you were working in the yard, weren't you? I said, yeah. He said, you're old. You ate because you're old. You went a little past. You went a little past your limit, and that's what and that's what happens. Yep, that's what happened. But you know, you you get some decent weather. You want to get out and do some stuff. And uh, by the way, folks, you know, with the with the the solstice and the holidays and the New Year's and all, you know, this is a good time to sort of take stock of stuff and appreciate the passing of things and and look forward to the new things. And one of the best ways to appreciate the changes is to do something really small scale, like go out and kick some leaves just, uh. just kick some leaves you know throw them up in the air uh you know smell a flower and there are some that smell you know do something little that's out of the ordinary that sort of focuses you on the here and now and i'm not trying to get all philosophical but you know we need to appreciate every little thing every little thing and gardening is a gr- uh, knocking around the yard stepping on pecans looking at the listening to the squirrels chatter you know I learned that this year. I did not know squirrels could vocalize. Oh, I was 37 yeah. years old when oh. I learned that. Yeah, well, you know, when when you see a cat or a dog walking across the yard, the squirrels going to let you know. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they they can they, they can they can get it on real quick and they chatter at me. <laughs> but uh anyway, there's uh, 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 some flowers starting to bloom right now. I mentioned the camellias of course, but I noticed some buds on this plant called Mahonia. It looks like a big coarse leaf, somewhere between a holly and a nandina, and has chains of yellow flowers. They're going to start blooming typically in January. We also have early uh, midwinter things like um, flowering quince. We have fragrant flowers like the winter honeysuckle. Uh, right now, the I was what made me think about this job is the other day I was the other night I was walking. And there's a shrub called Eliagnus, and you've seen it. it uh-huh. It's a big ball with long, crazy branches going everywhere. I mean, it looks it looks like uh, it's just crazy. It makes my hair look good. Okay. <laughs> and uh, but this time of year in November and particularly December, it has intensely fragrant flowers, and bees are all over them in December. That's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's possible here in the South to have something in bloom every single week of the year. It is possible. So anyway, we've got some lines open, folks. You want to give us a call? As, uh, I'm, I feel real laid back this morning. I just want to know, what did you do for Mike and Hernando for him to send you such a, a lovely gift? I don't know. You know it's, a, it's a nice little red. It's a ceramic truck. Hey, hang on. It's got something on It's got something on Oh, it, li- it, it lights, lights up. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little ceramic truck with uh, with with pumpkins and flowers and stuff in the back, and it's got and it, it lights up. We're gonna have to put that. We're gonna you're gonna have to incorporate it that into your uh, your bouquet and, and your picture for today. I will do the. I will do this today, and then we'll do the flowers for next week because okay. Camille is gonna still bloom in next week. So anyway, I appreciate that, Mike. This is a nice little nice little thing. But a lot of folks may not know is partly because, and he said it reminded him of my truck 
which I have stuff growing in the back of it. So uh, anyway, one of the things that we do this time of year is uh, is you know, hunker down, getting ready for stuff. And a lot of people are raking leaves and bagging them. I would suggest gently, those of you who have a big enough yard, instead of raking all of them, if you've got a whole bunch of trees, well, you've got a bunch of leaves, that means you've got trees. Think about spreading some of them around and in between. Connect the base of some of the trees and make like a little island of mulch. You know, you got grass, you've got trees. If you'll connect the trees with, with some leaves and create a bed, uh, not only will it visually look better, it unifies the garden, it ties those trees together, but it's a place over the wintertime those leaves will break down. You can plant ferns there. You can plant low-growing things. It doesn't have to be big azaleas that upset your view if you like an open view. But, uh, you know, there's all sorts of things that will grow really well, but... Uh, my friend Neil Odenwall, the late Neil Odenwall, he passed away two or three years ago, a couple of years ago. Uh, he was from, from the Delta, but he was also the professor emeritus of landscape architecture at, at LSU, horticulturist too. And I used to stay with him when I did lectures at LSU. But anyway, he's, he, whenever leaves fell or limbs fell, he would just connect the trees with them. So he started out with a big yard with a bunch of trees, ended up with with lawn paths, big paths of grass in between beds. And he planted all sorts of stuff. And he said it cut his mowing from almost an hour to less than 20 minutes. And it looked better. And all he did was he just piled the leaves up in places where they would connect the trees. Sort of like looking out the window here. You know, we've got woods in the distance, got grass in the foreground. But instead of grass around those trees, they got azaleas. And that's where the leaves go. Yeah, it gives you um, your yard or your space, I guess, a little bit more definition. Yeah, yeah, three three D. That's right. So anyway, uh, one of the things that that uh, I'm encouraging people to do is think about planting stuff for for indoors. You know, a lot of I'm having to bring my plants in right now because it's going to freeze. It means I got to clean out the leaves and the lizards and all that stuff. Uh, but also, if you swing by a garden center, if they've got any paper white bulbs, paper whites are a type of narcissus. Narcissus. Tazetta. Um, a lot of people just call them daffodils. They call yellow ones daffodils and white ones narcissus. But uh, anyway, the paper whites will bloom indoor. Did we do that a couple we of years did, ago? We did that, and we actually had some blooms at our house. Yeah, some people say, say they smell like cat pee, but you know, it's <laughs> better than nothing, I guess. But anyway, it's an easy thing for kids to do. Uh-huh. Is to you know, the lady talked about uh, Christian from from uh, Oxford talked about the amaryllis, but paper whites are easy. Yeah, you know, they're 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 guaranteed to do. Yeah, I remember we did that a couple of years ago. And it's funny you talked about bringing your plants in for the winter because on yesterday on Creature Comforts, um, 9 o'clock on Thursdays, <laughs> we talked about bringing plants in and you have to kind of watch for those snakes and lizards. We yeah. had Terry Vandervenna, the snake man, on. and you know, Terry, Terry, Terry knows some stuff about 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 herpetology. Yeah, bringing those plants in and then those those kind of hitchhike uh, in your plants and then next thing you know you got a, a little critter in your house. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't mind the lizards. Uh, you know, matter of fact they're they're kind of cute, but hey, let's slide down to Natchez, see what Abby's up to. Good morning, Abby. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. What's up? I had a quick question. So, behind my house, we've got, you know, a ravine that ravine actually leads to St. Uh, Catherine's Creek, uh-huh. but my neighbors, I noticed their yard is kind of, you know, falling off into the ravine. Yep. Ours has done a little bit of that with that freeze that came through in February. We actually had a tree just fall into it. So I was wondering, 
do you throw ryegrass out? Um, <laughs> talking about like getting your mulch and all of that, could you put the mulch back there? Something to help the soil, you know, stay impacted instead of loosely falling. Yeah, well, you know, keep it, keep in mind that those bluffs of Natchez have been sloughing away for about ten thousand years. And you know, you know, you know what happened on is it Clifton Street right up above the river? Everything's falling off, and they had to block off the street. Absolutely, yeah. You know, this is there's not much we can do in the long run to stop this. So in the short run, anything you can do to slow the water down, you know, not you can't stop it, but to slow it down, uh, or to divert it to make it go in a different direction, like they've done at the top of Clifton Street, make it go around. Uh, you know, that'll help. But ryegrass, unfortunately, doesn't have strong and deep enough roots to really help in the kind of torrential rains we get here in the wintertime. So, you know, mulch helps uh, putting something across the, the, the top of the ravine or layering it so that things sort of uh, naturally terrace themselves. You know, if you put some boards or, or, or sticks or you know something like that across the top, leaves will bank up on the upside of it, and that'll slow it down. So, you know, if you do two or three terraces like that then that'll slow the water down and then notice where it goes the strongest and make it go there on purpose create a channel for it to go with some rocks or 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 drainage pipe or something like that but slow it down or divert it but uh planting stuff is really not going to help that much the the, because the water we get so much of it abby that it just washes around the roots Okay. So yeah, this this is this is an eons long thing that took a long time for those bluffs to build up, but they're taking their time uh, dissolving, and that's okay. normal. And then another quick question: So I've got lantana that is still blooming, and like we were talking about today with the uh, warmer weather, do I need to just trim that back or just let it die off? Like it? You can normal. let it die off. Lant- lantana is normally hardy. Well, when it does die off, it, uh, instead of cutting it down real close, lantana is one of those plants. If you'll leave some stubs three or four inches long, uh, it's not. It, it, it'll do better. If you cut it really, really close, they tend to get a little, little winter damage or some rot. So when you finally cut it back, just leave some stubs, and that's a perfect place to plant some daffodils for wintertime. Daffodils in the winter, same spot, because they don't, you know, daffodils don't like a lot of water in the summer. Lantana doesn't get a lot of water in the summer. That's a good combination, daffodils and and lantana. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Father. Okay, Abby, appreciate it. All right, have a great day. All righty, folks, we're going to take a break. Uh, We're going to be here right up until 9 o'clock. And uh, we're just going to have a... 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Yeah, we're going to come right back after the um, cheesy <laughs> tune, just like we do every other show. Okay, ten, is, we're going to be here till 10 o'clock? We, we always <laughs> here till 10 o'clock. <laughs> My coffee is starting to kick in. Between the coffee and the antihistamines, woohoo! Anyway, folks, I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, Java Chapman, Kevin Farrell, all the other folks here at MPB. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, That's what we do. It's called Think Radio. Think Radio, and uh, we got some lines open. You'll give us a call, toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Meanwhile, I'm going to organize some camellias flowers that I stole from a neighbor's around this wonderful little pickup truck that Mike from Hernando sent, and uh, it's going to be on our our podcast today. At, go to m mpbonline.org and take it from there.
Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing. I can see clearly now. It's eighty. I mean, it's in the 70s. I got shorts on, Java. Is is that reason nobody's calling today? Everybody's out and about doing (laughs) doing the things that they want to do, but they usually can't do in December. (laughs) Well, we've got the we've got the lines wide open, folks. You want to call and talk about gardening? If you if you if you're done with it, I'm okay with that. I'm okay if you if you got it. That's okay, but if you got some questions or you know, kick around some rumors, things like that, you know, let's let's do that. Um, a you know, plant rumor. A plant rumor. You know, it. You know, rumor has it. Oh gosh, don't get me started, Java. I know you've heard. I know you've heard almost all of them. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that I hear over and over and over that everybody and go online and they all say the same thing and it's just not true. Just not true. Couple of examples. People say you put eggshells in your around your plants and it gives calcium to your plant. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's a wrong kind of calcium. It takes a hundred years to dissolve. You got to mix it with vinegar or something, you know. But I, I hear that kind of stuff. What was that I heard? Yes. Oh, mistletoe. Uh, they said mistletoe will kill a tree. What? It, it can. You know, I'm not talking about Spanish moss. It's stuff that hangs down, but that green stuff that grows in it. Yeah. And it will weaken a branch because it's a parasite. And when it sprouts, it grows roots under the bark that wraps around. It's like somebody putting their arm around your wrist. Oh. The roots are under the bark of a tree, and they take nutrients and water. And it can weaken limbs. But I've seen mistletoe that's 100 years old, and oak trees are 400 years old, literally. If a parasite kills its host, it dies. So usually mistletoe doesn't kill a tree. And if you try to get rid of it, if you do break it off, it got those roots under the bark, and they decompose. You got rotten roots under the bark of your tree, and they say, "Well, just cut the limb off." I'm thinking, cutting the limb off does more damage than the mistletoe growing on the limb. So anyway, I hear a lot of that kind of stuff. I also hear that Spanish moss will give you cooties. <laughs> My daughter, she's fascinated with Spanish moss. It's a, they have a lot of it at um, uh, at Tougaloo College. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, "What is you, what is that?" You need to bring her over, Java, because I've got you know my I've got a little stumpery. I've got a collection of big old stumps in the backyard with a water garden. And I made a a, a, a metal frame, a, a rusty metal frame. You can't see it because I camouflage the limbs. But I've got just incredible amount of Spanish moss that I introduced to my garden. Yeah. Oh. Okay. 
And somebody, uh, we got a call, but I've got to mention this. Somebody noticed that the entrance to my little cabin is a covered porch with a, I got a little rocking chair and I got a mirror, you know, to bring light. And I got all this wonderful Spanish moss. I said, how does it live under the porch with no rain? I'm thinking, because I got it at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. You, you didn't know I was going to say that, but I've got some artificial Spanish moss in my, but I had to spray paint it gray to look at more real. To give it the realistic feel. <laughs> look, anybody put on mascara or fake eyelashes can just shut up about me using artificial plants. Okay, let's go to, I can't tell which one of jo, these. Uh, I think it's Joanna, Joanna on the road. On the road. Hey, Joanna, good morning. Good morning. How are um, you? I'm doing well. My husband and I love your show. We listen to it when we're driving uh, home or driving down to the beach. So. Well, welcome. Howdy. What can we help you with? Well, I have two questions, but um, if, if that's all right. The, sure. The first, the first one is my mom gives me paper white bulbs. Uh, every year around the holidays, and you were talking about that earlier, and and um, I've I've looked online on different ways to um, to save them after they've bloomed indoors, and it seems like there's a lot of different information out there, and I I didn't know what you would recommend. Usually, when there's different information, because people who are experts who can't say I don't know can't say I don't know, they make up all sorts of stuff, and they read what each other say, and it becomes an echo chamber. But the truth is, here's the deal. If you force a paper white indoors, like in water, it sends up its leaves, it sends up the flowers, it uses up all of its energy, and it can't reproduce itself because it needs roots. It needs leaves with real sunshine on them. And, uh, and get this, daffodils make their flower bud for next year after they finish blooming. So if you've got a, uh, daffodils blooming in March and it gets through blooming and you cut the leaves down, there go the flower buds for next year. See, so they need leaves, they need roots, they need real sunshine. And if they don't get that, they basically suck themselves dry and can't replenish it. So anyway, long story short, if you want to do that, when they get through blooming, go ahead and put them outside. Uh, plant them, you know, in a place that gets wintertime sunshine. And hope that they put out some leaves, but see if they don't come back the next year. It'll be a year or two before they bloom again. Okay. You think it's worth trying that? Well, yeah, I mean, they cost a dollar a piece, you know, so it's sure. worth trying. Another thing would be to take them, instead of forcing them in water, would be to put them in some potting soil with a little fertilizer and keep them outside in the real sunshine and just bring them in when they start to bloom. And as soon as they get through blooming, put them back out in the real sunshine so the leaves can get the energy they need before they go dormant. In other words, uh, sort of like a living Christmas tree, a live tree. Sure. You don't bring it in for weeks at a time. You decorate it outside and bring it in just for the holiday and put it back out. So you could try that. Okay, great. The cool. other thing Thank is just, 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 just tr treat them like a donut, you know. Use them up, forget about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, let's face it, a daffodil bulb costs about like what two donuts cost. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, I guess I get so mad over the years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, my other question is: my parents, um, they live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and they have an oak tree in their front yard. And when I was a young teenager, um, my mom and I—I'm embarrassed to say—planted a little piece of ivy at the base of that oak tree. It's not going to hurt it. Well, it has. It has really, it has really taken over the tree. Yeah, and and um, I mean, it is, and to the point where now my brothers are involved, and they're they're scratching their heads, and they're saying, mm, you know, you need to do something about that ivy, and 
and uh, and my you know they're my parents are reluctant to do anything and, and okay. it's kind of Let, turned into a family thing. Okay, let's look at yeah. it from from a horticultural point of view, from the plants point of view. The okay. I- ivy and trees have been growing together in England for centuries. The <laughs> I- ivy doesn't hurt a tree. If you have some decay going on, the, you know, you can't see it because the ivy root's covering it up. But there's nothing you can do about decay anyway. So and it may have roaches in it, you know. But uh, unless I, if an ivy is on an old tree, it's not going to hurt it. It can grow up and hang down. Matter of fact, mature ivy that's actually growing up and hanging back down has a completely different kind of leaf and will have fragrant flowers in the fall. Okay. So okay. Uh, anyway, the, the idea that ivy kills a tree, not true. The way kudzu kills a tree is it grows completely over it and shades it to death. And some vines can strangle a young tree as it tries to grow in diameter. It gets girdled or strangled. But old ivy and old trees is not a big deal. And by the way, I taught the tree surgery course at Mississippi State. Oh, okay. So, well, well, that's good to know. I think you just saved our Christmas this year. <laughs> well, no, they're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe you. What did you say? Your husband's listening to? Well, he yeah, he's here okay. with me. Yeah, there's three of yeah. us. Let's gang up on any of the naysayers. <laughs> well, well, that's good. That's good to know. I, I really appreciate that because that has just been a real source of worry and concern. And I can just tell my brothers to to rest assured uh, that Felder says it's okay. No, 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 no. Don't tell them I said that because they might know where I live. <laughs> hey, if 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 they if they do if, if you want to do something about it, and, and from whatever reason, cosmetics or whatever, if you cut the ivy off down, you know, at the bottom of the trunk, you know, all the way around, that that's in a tree will die and fall out, and the and the ivy will start over again. So you know, and so they might want to do one tree cut the ivy down and not in the other, and just compare them. And it doesn't hurt to cut the ivy off. It yeah, just, it's just yeah. not necessary from the tree's health. Yeah, well, my dad actually did try that. He tried cutting the ivy around the base of the tree, you know, to, you know, to, to, to appease my brothers. And, and uh, it looked terrible. Yeah, it looks terrible, <laughs> and, and it's already growing back. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't hurt the trees, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure of that. Oh, good, 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 good. Oh, thank you so much. You made my day. Okay, woo <laughs> All right. Take care. Oh, boy. You know, that's another myth. I will kill trees. No, it won't. Will it? Does it never kill trees? It can occasionally cause some problems, just like uh, standing out in the sunshine can give you cancer. But we need sunshine. So, you know, you got to balance stuff. Ivy in general is not going to kill a tree. Who we got next? Uh, let's go to Belzona and talk to Mark. Hey, Mark. Good morning. What's up? Up in the Delta. Hey, Delta, how you doing? Fine. By the way, last last weekend, I drove up through Belzona, went right down through downtown Belzona. I went out to that place that got those old cypress trees. I forget the name of it, some some nature reserve or something. It's, it's, it's on Highway Seven, going up towards towards. Uh, uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the what's the garden? No, no, it's, it's, it's on that road. It's past Worcester Garden. There's a, a swamp that's got cypress trees that are a 1,000 years old. I've never seen them before. Anyway, what's going on with you? What can I help you with? Okay, here's my situation. I got a lot of much mulch from uh, trimming of the trees around uh, town, mm-hmm. and I cut that into the garden. 
right? And the plants are just not doing well. And my question is, is the is the mulch, you know, the tree bark and all, uh-huh. uh, when it decomposes, is it depleting the soil of nitrogen? Because my leaves are looking, the leaves on the plants are looking pretty yellow. That's that's a good question, and is the answer is yes and no. Uh, When when things break down, uh, decompose, it's done by bacteria that's used nitrogen for their bodies, and so as they break it down, they will use whatever nitrogen they can find. If if you cut it into the dirt, it will pull nitrogen from the soil, but it's not as big a deal as people make it out of. It is true, but it's usually not that big a deal. In any case, if you'll go ahead and just put some fertilizer with a little extra nitrogen in it, then that will help the the stuff decompose better and will provide nitrogen for your food. So I'm saying if you're cutting fresh leaves and stuff in the ground, throw a little cottonseed meal or something with some nitrogen. Throw some grass clippings in with it. Anything that's got nitrogen, and it balances out. It's not as big a deal as people make it out to be, and it's probably not the reason why you, your plant's looking yellow. Hit them with some miracle Grow and forget about it. Okay, sounds good. It's a a really good question, and it is true, but it's a fairly minor thing. Well, you got to realize now, when I say I cut it in, I'm talking... You cut a lot of it in. I mean, because I got a lot of it, yes. Well, well, go, go, you know... Over and over over with my tractor and biscuit in. Well, is is there a co-op in in Humphrey County you get your stuff? Where do you buy lime? Oh... Probably high grade in Winona. Oh, you don't have to go that far. Anyway, see if you can get a little bag of cottonseed meal. Cottonseed meal. It doesn't mm. take much. Uh, 15 yeah. pounds will do, I mean, uh, 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 yeah, 15 pounds will do 1,000 square feet. You know, we're yeah. talking about a good dusting. That'll really help those leaves. It'll, it'll improve. the. It, and your earthworms will get uh, bigger and fatter, too, because they like cottonseed meal. See, that's something so, I don't really see out there. It's earthworm. Because you keep I, cutting I, them up with a, tr- you keep cutting them up with a tractor. Uh, I've, never <laughs> seen them. I've never seen any hardly. I hardly ever see any out there. Okay, let me let me let me ask you this: Do right. you do you uh, do you plant stuff over the winter time? Yes, I have greens. I I have garden year round. I garden year round. Okay, yes, well, I think do. about this in between crops. Uh, think about uh, sometime over the wintertime planting in the fall some crimson clover seed over some areas that you don't plant, and then next spring cut those in. And in other words, you can yeah. alternate by growing the cover, but crimson clover really builds up soil over the wintertime and provides nitrogen. But anyway, yeah. if when, you, do you, when do you do that? What, what fall, time of the fall? September, October. Mine's already up about four inches. Okay. But anyway, okay. bottom line is if you're going to cut a bunch of leaves in, throw a little nitrogen in with it. Okay. All right. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's see. Now we can go to, I think it's Chanley in Columbus. Is it Chanley? Chanley. Hey. Is it Chanley? It is Chanley. Y'all got it right. Very good. Well, uh, Kevin Farrell, who just reminded me that Sky Lake is the place that that I'm thinking of between Belzona and Itabina. The most incredible cypress trees, and it's a raised uh, raised walkway. It's just incredible. Thousand-year-old trees. Skylar, anyway, what can we help you with, Janley? 
Uh, so I know you have a very Buddhist philosophy, Felder, <laughs> and you'll, you will tell me to just be content with whatever happens. But I really, really want to have a peony. Yeah. And I'm wondering what kind of light conditions would be best. Because, you know, I mean, it just says full sun or partial shade. Okay. What, and and, and, and you're, you're, it's not a Buddhist. I have a stoic approach. You know, a lot of people uh-oh. are on a stoic. They're no, we're not negative like the cynics or the the pessimists, or we're not woohoo like the the optimists. Stoics say whatever we have is good. It can always be better, but we strive to do our best. We just don't expect it to always hold out. In okay. other words, we have a, a glass is half empty and half full, but isn't it a marvelous vessel? <laughs> well, then I promise to be stoic if my peony dies. But no, I have no, 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 no. Okay, here's so, the deal. Have you already got your peony? I have a bear root. Okay. Do you know the name of it? Um, I mean, it's a lactiflora. Okay. Here's the, here's the deal. Most peonies grow up north. Hopkins, Minnesota is where the peony society is. Hopkins, Minnesota. They need cold weather to bloom right. However, there are some early blooming varieties that will do perfectly fine in Mississippi. Perfectly fine. Because they don't need much cold. Matter of fact, the peony society doesn't grow them because they bloom under the snow. So, the, if, so if you're going to plant a peony, they like some sun. They don't like hot, hot baking cemetery type stuff. So if you can plant it where it gets morning, maybe middle of the day sun and protection of the hot afternoon sun, they'll do fine. There are a lot of people uh, in our part of the country who grow beautiful peonies, but typically they get morning, middle of the day sun, but not broiling hot sun. They also like to be planted shallower in the south because we have so much rain they'll rot if you plant them deep so work the dirt over right. plant them on the high side and here's the most important thing order a peony that says it's an early blooming variety if it doesn't say it that means they don't know or it ain't but i'll give you an example there's one called festival maxima it's white with a little carmine red splash in the center of it it's been grown for 150 years in in in, in, in mississippi bloomed beautifully Okay. So early bloom varieties. Um, if you go to the Mississippi Gardening Facebook page and, mm-hmm. and say, what are some good peonies for, for, for Mississippi? I've got a list of great ones. I've posted it several times on there. But anyway, early bloomers, morning sun, plant shallow. Okay. Thank you so much. You be, and, and it ain't a zinc thing. If it dies after all that, it's because you're a bad gardener. I'll keep that in mind then. See, how, how's that for, for a Buddhist? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't. If I wanted it too badly. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. There are some great early peonies that do beautifully here in Mississippi. Okay, good to know. Thank okay. you so much. You bet. Appreciate it. Yeah, y'all have a good day. All righty. Now let's go to, is it? I can't buy bifocals. On the road starts with an L. LaRue? I feel like I'm taking one of those eye Laura? tests. Is it, I think it's an L. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. It is LaRue. LaRue, all righty. I met you about 30 years ago when you was in the Boy Scouts. My <laughs> sons were in your troop. What was his name? Alonzo was the I remember, I remember uh, Alonzo and Antonio was a math whiz. A I, math whiz. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, great. Tell him I said, hey. I'll do that. What you got going I, on? We're, we're starting to run out of time, but what you got going on? I'm so glad to talk to you. What's up? I got three questions. I try to get them to you quick. Make, got I them really make it quick. Squash. 
and my squash bloomed like crazy, but I never did get any fruit on it. The squash bloom just fell off. What yep. do I do about that? You and got... I got a plum tree. The plum tree has plenty of blooms on it, but it don't have a whole lot of fruit, and most of the fruit has little old holes in it, yep. like worms bit it or something. Yep. And what can I do for those? Okay, we can't. We, first of all, plums do better if they get two different varieties of cross pollinate. They'll always have better fruit if you have two different kinds side by side. And the worms mean you got to spray from after the flowers fall off until you pick those plums because we all get worms in our plums and peaches. And squash have separate male and female flowers on the same plant. Same plant. The female are on the end of what looked like a little squash. The male are on the end of what looked like a little stem. If you don't have them both on the plant at the same time, and, and you don't have bees moving the pollen from one to the other, they're not going to make squash. So if their flowers are just falling off, it's probably just a male flower. If you've got a little squash that's rotten, it was a female that didn't get pollinated. But anyway, we could talk more about this next week. Uh, tell, uh, uh, tell, tell the young men that I said, hey. And uh, folks, we're going to take a little bit of a break. It's called a week. Uh, I'm getting on an airplane tomorrow. I got my shots and everything. And, uh, but we're going to keep doing this program every week live here at MPB. So uh, even though I'm, I'm heading overseas for a month or so, we're going to still be doing gardening here in the Deep South. Folks, we're going to do whatever it takes to keep us all together and getting dirty. Uh, I'd like to sort of end out this program with a real sweet little song. See you all next week. trails to you keep smiling until then who cares about the clouds if we're together just sing the song and bring the sunny weather happy trails to you until we meet